and welcome. I'm Jillian Moss Backman, and this is Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. As you recall, last week I introduced our new series that I'm going to be covering for the next four weeks, which is Power in the Quiet Moments. This series is designed to concentrate our efforts squarely on the individual. Now, don't start squirming in your seats when you all hear that. I know this is a lot, and it's sometimes a stretch for many of you because we get so used to making sure that everyone else around us is well taken care of, and, of course, that leaves us at the bottom of the heap and our own wellness to our own demise, whether we make it or break it mentally, spiritually, and in our own body. So you know me, I like to mix up the order. Instead of jumping right in and how to start finding that power in the quiet moments, I think it's appropriate that we start from a different angle. And that angle is how are we going to create the ambiance first? and leave the healing work and that inward soul information and work that we work on so often for later on during the series. How many of you love to nest? You know, I've never met anyone that doesn't love to nest, especially when you get that new home or that new apartment or it's your first house. We love to create an environment that makes us feel good about ourselves. It brings us back home to where we feel safe like we were when we were a child and most of all, a comfortability that we can't get anywhere else in the world. It's a place that reflects our own taste and how we see our own space as sacred within our own world. You know, it's a place that's very non-threatening to everyone. We've all done it, whether you're buying a new pillow to add to your collection that you already have on your bed, or we're buying those tall candles to light after a satisfying dinner. These are the kind of things I want to talk about in this show today. I want to talk about creating sacred spaces and those little nuances that we can do that will bring power to our quiet moments. Even though these are small tasks in and of themselves, if you clump them all together, eventually you'll be creating a sacred space of your own that reflects out to the world. In these spaces, we have colors, we have scents, we have lighting, and we have space for all the room for us to grow individually that will give us the power in the end that we're all searching for. So in this hour, I want to talk and focus on sacred spaces and how to start creating that quietness within ourselves. This week, I just returned from a fabulous trip on the next leg of my book tour across America from San Antonio, Texas. You know, it's always funny when you get on an airplane and you have celebrities on the plane with you. You know, the majority of people are pretty cool about it. I mean, they don't make a fool of themselves. And majority of people are not crazy, kooky groupies. 
but sometimes it's just so irresistible you can't help yourself because you realize, you know, this may be a chance of a lifetime and it'll probably never happen again. Well, anyway, there was this older, distinguished gentleman who was sitting two rows in front of me, and he was sitting with this beautiful woman. And they were older. I mean, we're talking older than me, (laughs) younger than 100, somewhere in between there. And, you know, people were talking and whispering in the aisles and kind of pointing at this husband and wife team in the front of me two rows above. And others were stopping at his feet and exchanging pleasantries with his man and wife and even getting autographs. But I couldn't tell who the guy was from where I was sitting. But then I realized when he got up off his, off his feet and put something in the overhead, overhead bins, I recognized the ring on his finger. <laughs> I'd seen this ring before in my past at several occasions that I had been to at special events I had attended and it was a professional football ring. Well, that kind of narrowed the mystery down, didn't it, very quickly. And I think that I was sitting next to the only man on the entire plane that didn't know anything about professional football. (laughs) So he's kind of looking at me. I'm looking at him. People are taking pictures of this guy. And you see, I'm a crazy nut for the football game. Love football. So my curiosity was even piqued, and I had to find out who this person was in front of us. So we asked this really cute, young flight attendant if she could figure out who he was and bring back his name. So she came back a few minutes later, and this is what she said. She leaned over to both of us, and she said, well, I believe the name of the mystery flyer, his name is Morton Starr, and he's some kind of football player from the 60s. Oh, my goodness, the two of us, this man I didn't even know who was sitting next to me, and I, we both busted out laughing because this young attendant, she had no idea who the guy was because she was, you know, young, and she didn't know. Anyway, she was talking about Bart Starr and that he played with the Green Bay Packers, and I'm happy to report they were a very stunning couple, very respectful, and I was quite amazed by the way everybody else on the plane was so respectful of their privacy. But I share this story because I feel like it kind of started an omen out for the beginning of another magical trip on my legacy for my book, Out and About. You know, everywhere I've gone so far, I've had these side perks happen to me that I couldn't even imagine. When I scheduled my book event in San Antonio a couple weeks ago, I just started with my radio show. And you know how it takes a while when you start a new job and you have to put you have to put things together in your head like, you know, this work schedule and that work schedule. And I really hadn't put the two together that the date that I picked was also the date for my regular radio show. But it, so it really didn't dawn on me till a couple days after and I started working on other dates that I had just <laughs> pulled a fast one on myself. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. So I had to decide was I going to just cancel my, you know, my Tuesday show, the live show that I do and forget that completely or move it to another date 
Or the other option I was thinking about was, why couldn't I put them both together? Now, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago on one of my shows. So in my mind, I thought, well, maybe I could do both of them. Now, I went to Viva Bookstore, and when I presented it to them, they were kind of hesitant, <laughs> and rightly so, right? They never heard of an author that would do a free book event and a live radio show. So it took a little persuading on my part to get them in the groove of seeing the vision as I was seeing. But in the end, they were really good sports about it, and it really worked out really well. So if you missed that broadcast that I did live this Tuesday, this last Tuesday, you can hop on Blog Talk Radio, of course, and go to my page, which is Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. Go into the archives and look under the last show after this one, before this one. And that's it. Now, I am kind of hearing some feedback that you guys are a little confused on how to access the show, whether you want to listen to it live or you want to pick it up later and listen to the archives. It is considered Internet radio, which is different than traditional radio. So there's lots of different ways that you can log in and listen to the show. As I just said, you can go to Blog Talk Radio, and then there's an actual page on there. But the other part that I'm working on is I'm working very hard to post on Facebook every one of the archive shows and giving you a heads up when I'm going to be on live, which is every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. You can actually go into Facebook, sign in through Facebook, and click on the icon that I have on my Facebook page, Jillian Moss Backman, and that will take you directly to my show. I'm also tweeting about it, and so I'll have links everywhere I can. You know, I'm learning as I go, and so it's kind of hard to put all these pieces together and keep working past things, but I'm doing it as fast as I can. And as you know, we're always a work in progress. Well, one thing I'm learning very quickly is when you're doing live radio, when the lady, the prompter says, you have 10 seconds, countdown, she means it. So I was all set up at the bookstore, and we'll talk about that sacred space in a few minutes. But I was all ready to go. And then all of a sudden, about 15 minutes before we were going to air, several of my church family friends from past, stopped in, wanted to purchase a couple books and share some old stories about me. Well, I was I was a, on a little panic mode because I've learned when the lady says you're on live, that means you're on live. So what I decided to do was I invited them to stay into the audience and listen while I broadcast the show with me. So not only was I doing my creative idea in my head for the first time in public, but I was also going to have to do it in an audience setting, which I've never done before. And you talk about nerve-wracking. It was a little, I just kind of put my head down and paid attention to what I was doing. And then I had my guest, Carla, who was in the other other office who from Viva Bookstore where where I was at, and she was, talking about the bookstore. But I have to sing at a ball. 
it was really wonderful because what's amazing about it, when you go back and listen to that show, you'll find out we started talking about independent bookstores, but then we led into a extended conversation about what I'm talking about today, which was sacred spaces in the world. In my book, I talked later during the discussion, I talk about going beyond the pews. The title itself means something about sacred spaces. When you go beyond the pews, you're looking for something beyond the confines of a religious structure. And when you do that, you'll begin to find out there's lots of sacred spaces. A lot of times people get so rigid in what they think a sacred space looks like. And what when they allow themselves and give themselves permission to go beyond the pews that they're used to, you'll find out there's sacred spaces all around us. And in the conversation that I had with Carla, who is the Viva Bookstore uh, event coordinator, this place was incredible. The minute you walk into the complex, you go through this gazebo, which sets the tone of this environment of calmness and you walk in the door and there's places to the left and places to the right and icons like I talked about the other day religious icons and art and books and music those are the kind of things that create a sacred space after the break I want to talk and begin that conversation on how each one of us are going to be able to create our own sacred space and what to do with it once we get it. I'll be right back with Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice.
Welcome back to Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, and I am Jillian Moss-Bathman. In the first half of the show, we were talking about sacred spaces and people and how you can allow yourself to be, get, begin to be, go beyond what you see as a structure for sacred space. You know, I live in the Midwest, and it's really quite cold and damp and rainy and somewhat snowy. And so you don't, you're so used to living with it every year until you get out of it for a couple of days, you never realize how much that winter dreary weather kind of pulls down your psyche until you're out of it. So when I went to San Antonio, Texas, you know, it was crazy because the weather was absolutely stunning. And, of course, I had to get a little bit of that downtime for myself and soak up some of that sunshine. And, boy, did that really help my own attitude and thoughts and ideas. So I was at this place where they have a beautiful backyard and so I took my morning coffee one morning, and I sat down, and they have a, a gorgeous pool, and it has a waterfall that goes down from one from the top level to the bottom. So I was able to pull up a chair and quiet my mind and drink my morning coffee, and I closed my eyes in quiet silence. And as you always do, you know, you breathe in some of the power and of the energy of the sun, and then I exhaled some of the inward power of my spirit and just really preparing myself for the day's events that I was going to be doing later on that day. You know, and when I was doing that, it occurred to me that we get so uptight, we miss sight of those sacred spaces that are mobile. You know, one of the things I talk about is my car is my favorite mobile sacred space. So I realized when I was sitting there, my goodness, I had just created my own sacred space and I didn't even realize it. That's the kind of ideas that we're going to be working towards. When you know when your soul needs quiet time, when you know that you can find power and regrouping and connecting to that soul voice inside. And, you know, it wasn't there that long, you know, just about the length of a cup of coffee. That's, what, two or three minutes? <laughs> I think I had a couple, actually. Anyway, I could really feel the difference in my attitude, and my mind was starting to clear, and I was ready to go do the work at hand. When you're talking about sacred spaces, however, it becomes a very subjective term for so many people. Think about it. Ask yourself this internal question. What does your sacred space look like? I swear, I, I know for a fact that if you ask a dozen different people, they're each going to have their own ideas. Some people like being indoors. Some people like being outdoors. Some people like to be moving like I do. Some people like noise. Some people like background noises to help them calm down in their brain. The second part of the story is you have to decide what you want to achieve in this space that you're centering space that you're creating. A lot of times I think people go at it backwards. 
they look at, at what they're saying is, okay, I'm going to learn how to meditate and be quiet in my mind first, and then I'm going to work on where I want to do it. And in my mind, that doesn't make sense because if you don't have the environment or the place to feel emotionally safe to do it, how are you going to get there? So the first order of business in setting up a sacred space is setting up your intention. Get very clear on the purpose of why you want to achieve inward peace and calm or whatever you're looking for by creating a sacred space. Next week, I'm going to be talking specifically on meditation, but if you haven't set your attention for how you want to do your meditation, what you want from your meditation, you'll never get what you're looking for if you haven't created the space to do it. Time and time again, I am amazed how people will dedicate and finding their time to feed their minds and their bodies. And I'll give you an example of this. Where, When we're going to start working out and we're going to take care of our bodies, what do we look first for? Well, we go out and find a gym. We go out and find a class. We investigate where we want to do the exercise first before we want to decide how we're going to exercise. It amazes me how often people just let that soul part of themselves, that organic element of the soul, get lost in space and not ground it within a sacred centering environment. And in my humble opinion, this is probably the most important part to personal wellness. It's that workhorse in the background that no one ever talks about much. But it enlightens our lives with the silent peace and quiet that we're trying to squeeze in throughout our days. When I went to Viva Bookstore, I was able, they have this room, and so I was able to set it up the way I wanted to. And, and Carla was so kind to move the chairs and the tables around for me. And what I found amazing about myself was I set it up, and I stepped back a few minutes, and I felt the energy and where it was flowing and where people would be in proximity to myself, and then I rearranged it like three or four more times. And I could tell by her face, she was kind of looking at me like, what is she doing? Is she in? Is she out? Does she know? <laughs> you know, but eventually... I was able to position myself in this sacred space at Viva Bookstore to the place where I could connect very easily with the soul stuff that was going on the inside and the communication of my book that I wanted to talk about later. You know, we have this active mind that goes on all day with or without our comprehension notes. And I had to slow everything down to create this mobile space around me that would allow me to go into the places and disregard the debris on the outside. So when we're talking about soul work and sacred spaces, think about what pieces represent peace to you. What 
things, icons, what items in your house already represent to you the soul part of yourself? Is that a piece of artwork? For me, I love art. When you all see me, I always have my prayer beads with me. I never work without my prayer beads around my wrist or in my hand. It's those kind of things I want you to think about next between now and next week because the sacred space, the centering place that each one of us need to find has to become a part of who and what you are. You can't just decide in a moment's notice, this is where I want it to be. So for the exercise and assignment that I want you to work on between now and next Tuesday is I want you to write down just a small mission statement of your intentions of what you want to achieve in your sacred space. And the second assignment I want you to do is start looking around. You know, the weather's getting warmer out there, so I want you to think outside of the box. Use your imagination. That doesn't mean you have to be inside your home. It can be in a corner of your backyard. It doesn't necessarily have to be in your own space. You might find a place like Viva Bookstore where they go once a week or twice a week and they have areas where you can just sit and meditate on your own. Think beyond the pews in front of you. Think beyond the traditional structures that we have come accustomed to as our sacred spaces in the world. You'll start finding you may have more than you already know. And the second part of the story is don't tell anybody Your sacred space is about being alone with yourself. This is individual work. This is not a group session unless you change and you want to go to a group session of sacred space. I'm talking about the sacred space that you can retreat to anytime, anywhere of the day that you need to find yourself regrouping, going within, and finding that power within yourself. You may have more than one. I have several. I know exactly where they're at. They don't change from year to year, but there are times when I take one out that one calls to me to stay in one place more than the other. There are certain hotels that I like to work at because they have become my sacred space. I feel comfortable. I know the people. I can work without any expectations there. So before Tuesday, I really want to make sure that you have those ingrained in your mind. Because on Tuesday and Thursday, we'll start talking about meditation. And you're going to be surprised on how I see meditation in the world and give you different suggestions that you may have never heard before to start that inward soul growth that we all need to achieve on an individual level. I had such a good time in San Antonio. I'm looking forward to my next adventure, which is Davenport, Iowa. And believe it or not, I have a lot of ties there as well. (laughs) I don't really want to share 
well, I was born there. So I'm very proud of Davenport, Iowa, which I'll be there April 13th at Barnes & Noble from 6.30 to whenever it's done. I'm looking forward to seeing you. And remember, as always, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it's necessary to grow. I'll see you here next week. Blog Talk Radio, high noon. Blog Talk. See you then.